Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. I was at a bar one time and a lady asked me, what's my sign? I said, dead end. She turned around and went the other way. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. And on this week's episode, in Pipe Parts, a little refresher on a couple of English pipe brands that you want to buy as estates. And I'll tell you more about that in Pipe Parts. And then my guest is Fred Janusik. We have the final... Uh, the final segment with Fred and his uh, stories and memories. And then we'll have music, mailbag, and rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And remember, the JDRF auction items. Boy, those tins went fast. Uh, the tins of tobacco sold so fast, I didn't even get a chance to see what they were. I had see them live. I could see what they sold for, but I didn't get a chance to even bit, you know, buy one. I just lickety split so thank you very much to everybody uh but just a reminder the pipes are up for sale and the pipe case on uh pipe studs ebay store uh they're live auctions right now that's the uh, robert vacher unsmoked brand new laughing moon pipes the two chris morgan bones pipes both unsmoked uh the savinelli eleganza poker and the savinelli porto servo those are auctions and the, along with the dark-fired leather, hand, you know, handmade pipe case, uh, those are auctions going for whatever the highest bid is and talking about estate pipes the, that Barlings make fossil is up over $130 at the time of recording this. So thank you very much. And remember, 100% of the proceeds go directly to JDRF. And uh, thanks again to Steve for all he does, including the tin of tobacco that he snuck in there and donated himself. It's a rascal. Uh, anyway, all right, before we get the show rolling, uh, iTunes ratings and reviews, much, much, much appreciated. Would greatly appreciate those. And I've got a little bit of travel coming up, so you're going to get some pre-recorded shows. So keep those comments and letters coming to me, emails, love them. And I'll uh, stockpile and kind of spread them out through the couple of pre-recorded shows coming up. So, all right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. 
Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, for pipe parts. So uh, pipe show, uh, fall pipe show season or end of summer, early fall pipe show season is coming up upon us. The first one is the NASPC show in Columbus, the end of August. And then we have uh, Kansas City, Richmond, and then a little show in Vegas. Uh, One of the things that you, that I like to look at at pipe shows is estate pipes yeah you know i've always talked about you know buy a pipe as an estate and if you buy it for the right price and you don't like it well you can usually get your money back out of it or get close to it so it's not like buying a brand new pipe and buying it smoking it and then finding out you don't like it and then you're you know then you're out half your money or whatever uh but on the estate pipes what you do what you also get a chance to do is get some really good old uh english pipes you know the the old made in london brands and i've talked about them in uh you know in years back i've talked about each one of these individually but i thought you know what it's been a while let's just do a refresher on three brands that i like to look for as estate pipes at pipe shows and they are barling kamoy and sassini all right so with barling, what you want to look for is the markings, just like the one that's uh, the one that's being auctioned off right now for the JDRF auctions. You want to see that barling in uh, in a simple block. You want to see TVF yield wood, and you want to see a three digit shape number. If you see those, then you're pretty much guaranteed that it is a pre-transition before Barling was sold to Cadogan and merged in with a couple other brands. So that means that you're getting that old original Barling wood, that old original Barling style. All right. So again, look for the, in particular, just look for the, the three digit shape numbers. Those are a really good indication that you're in that pre-transition stuff all right so look for those with kamoys it's a little more difficult uh the simplest way is to if if the pipe has the original stem it'll have what's called the three-part c and the three-part c means that that it took three drillings to make the c so they drill out the whole entire they make an entire hole Put in a rod of white, just like Dunhill, except it's on the side, and then they drill out the centerpiece to make it a to make it an O, and then they drill out the opening to the C. So you you can see three different lines in there, and it's it's a three part process. If you find those, you are guaranteed that it is an older Kamoys before it was merged in with Cadogan. And before they started using just the stamped letter C on it, uh, look for specimens and specimen straight grains and stuff like that, or the blue ribands. So you'll find great pipes there. Now with Sassini, you know what? If you look for, if you look on the pipe, 
And instead of having a shape number, it's got a town name like St. Andrews or uh, I forget some of the other some of the other more popular ones. But as long as you see a shape, a name of a city on there in England, you know you're in that older family era of Sassini. You may also see the little uh, fish, you know, the little fish-looking uh, squiggle on the end of the last uh, on the end of the last S on the logo, and it will say, you know, maybe made in made in uh, London, England, I believe. But uh, you'll also notice that the dots on the stem are a little smaller than the current dots are, or the after the family era dot sizes. So. You're looking for, again, you're looking for primarily a name of a city as the shape. So no shape number. If you see a shape number on a Sassini, probably post, you know, family era. If you see a shape city on there, definitely family era. And if you see that long squiggly fish looking on coming off the end of the Sassini name, that's probably family era too. Uh, now with these pipes, of course, condition is everything. You want to make sure and ask the, uh, you know, ask the person that you're buying it from, uh, what'd you do to clean the pipe? Yeah. Did you have to read, ask them if you had to redrill it, ask them if they had to re-bowl coat it, uh, ask them if they think that the stem is original or if it's a replacement stem, because that's going to affect the, the price that you should pay for it. So these are all things that you want to look at. And of course you want to make sure that the finish is in good shape and that the size, you know, the shape is you know comfortable for you. Uh, ask if you can run a pipe cleaner through it and see if you get any, uh, just take a clean pipe cleaner and see, see if it goes through and make sure it goes through. Okay. So those are, uh, you know, again, Barling, Camoys and Sassini's three English factory shape or factory brands that I look for that are, you know, from a classic era and they're always, you know, they're always great smokers as long as they've been cleaned and maintained and you'll find them at pipe shows. So there you go. All right. In just a minute, uh, the final segment of Fred Janusik. This is internet radio. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and here we go. The last uh, <laughs> the last installment of the Fred Janusik stories, and this one's primarily Fred talking about people that he's met in the, uh, in the recent times. So that brings us up to today and <laughs> Zoom. Yeah. yeah. I'd uh, pretty much fallen behind in the last few years as my eyesight is deteriorated to the point where I can barely even see a big TV. Can't see what I'm writing. Can't drive. Can't do anything. I kind of got, you know, out of the habit of pipes pretty much altogether until 
someone said, you should try one of these Zoom meetings. Well, I started out with one on Thursday evening at 7 o'clock, put on by a group of guys in Milwaukee, a small group. There's only about 10 of us, I think. And included in the group are uh, Dave Melnick, a lawyer who collects all kinds of nice pipes, high-end pipes. Yeah. The uh, the ringmaster, the guy who puts the, the zoom on, uh, his name's Jack, and he is a delightful man who was uh, worked for the Department of uh, Homeland, I think, or whatever, traveling all over the country doing surveying and stuff like that. And then there's John Schmidt, uh, our whipping boy. He lives in Milwaukee, but he's a Chicago Bears fan. Uh-oh. So you, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. You can imagine how much he has to put up with. Oh. And then there's <laughs> Father Mike, who's a Catholic priest and keeps our conversation at a level somewhat above what it might be otherwise. <laughs> and there's Mary DeYoung, who is a lady pipe smoker and keeps us up on what lady pipe smokers do. Mm. And uh, let's see, Fred Hein, who was in, just retired as a music teacher and high school music teacher and band director and saxophone player and everything else we've been friends for probably 30 40 years and he has one of the very finest if not the finest collection of what people call sherlock holmes pipes except they're not the uh gourds they're the briar version of that (laughs) and he, he has pipes from just about every pipe maker every well-known pipe maker, all in that shape. Somebody lays them out on a table, it's a sight to be old. <laughs> and then there's my guru, Dave Peterson. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dave has his you know, fingers on the pulse of everything I think that's going on in the nation. <laughs> if I need a phone number for somebody, call Dave. Uh, email address, call Dave. <laughs> want to know what's going on in the Zoom groups? Call Dave. Want to know if a new pipe collector's pipes are doing well or not and are worth it? Call Dave. And besides that, he has a fantastic collection of Castellos somewhere, I think, north of 200 yeah. and other large pipes. And he's about as nice a guy as you can meet. And I thank him for all his help. Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple of people that I've left out there, but I, I chuck it up to an old man's failing memory. And there's the other Zoom group, the Saturday Zoom group. And by way of introduction, maybe I could paraphrase Tom Hanks in the movie Forrest Gump. <laughs> Uh-oh. The Saturday Zoom meeting is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. until you tune in (laughs) and that is for sure the case you could be tuning in and hear us talking about something very erudite uh, like uh, space travel or biological research 
or medicine or why a certain pipe smokes better than another one or why a certain tobacco, you know, is made in a certain way and what toppings does it have or whatever. And then in an instant, we can segue down to gutter humor (laughs) (laughs) and stay there for quite a while. And then all of a sudden, right back to very high-level topics. (laughs) Like I said, you never know what you're going to get. But to give you an idea of why it's like that, I mention a few of the characters that are involved in this, one of which revels in (laughs) self-flagellation, only instead of using heavy chains to beat himself up with like they did in the days of the Knights Templar, he uses words. And people there think that it makes them so happy, they join in and help him beat himself up. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also has this misguided notion that if he co- collects an, enough perfect straight green pipes, everyone is going to think he's young, handsome, has a full head of hair, <laughs> and is very intelligent. And I say, good luck with that, Fred. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We also have Mike McNeil. (laughs) Mike McNeil is one of the former owners with his wife, Mary, of McClellan Tobaccos, probably one of the finest tobacco uh, makers in the country for a long time. And Mike is extremely knowledgeable on tobacco. I think he's traveled everywhere, tasted every tobacco, uh, probably chewed every tobacco, smelled it, lit it, uh, talked to people about it, and he just knows tobacco. So if we have any questions about tobacco, we can ask Mike. And if he doesn't know, we can ask Mary, who probably knows even more. But if we, but if we ask him, we got to hold on for about 20 or 30 minutes while he answers. That, that's for sure. And he's also our resident optimist, <laughs> always telling us how wonderful it is to live in a country run by such brilliant politicians and the brilliant people who voted them in. <laughs> and if you believe that, <laughs> I'll sell you a bridge. <laughs> anyway, we also have a guy who comes to us from the other side of the world. Somehow he manages to get up with an 18-hour time difference from Australia, and that's Rob, yeah. who has a, a beautiful collection of pipes. But unfortunately, to this day, I, he has not been able to produce a kangaroo. Yeah. I keep waiting for a kangaroo to hop by, but <laughs> never happened. He showed us a but video. Anyway, he, uh, he did show us a video one time of a kangaroo in his backyard. That's true. He did. Yep. They come out at night, he says. They disappear during the daytime. <laughs> he uh, also told us why there aren't many pipe collectors in Australia. With tobacco selling, he said a carton of cigarettes cost right around $600. Yeah. And a tin, a small tin of tobacco is over $100. So to obtain a collection like he has of pipes, Cigars, boxes and boxes of cigars, and tons of tobacco. 
you have to do a lot of traveling outside the country, I guess, <laughs> because you're not going to be able to afford it there. And they don't have many pipe shops anyway over there. And let's see, who else is in there? Tad Gaged. Tad Gage is our resident expert on barling pipes. And here again, he has probably the finest collection of barlings anywhere. He also knows a lot about Sheratons, having written many articles on them and researching them, and even getting invited by Herman Lane to his house to see some of the pipes that never made it out because Herman decided to keep them. They were so beautiful. And he also wrote the book, or a book, on uh, cigars. Yeah. I think it's called The Idiot's Guide to Cigars, yeah. uh, which I hear is a very good read, although I can't read anymore, so I can't tell you for sure, but I'm sure it is. And I've known him for 30 or 40 years also, a very nice man. And we will take a break right here and come back with more of Fred in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years, and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mila Folge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and here we go, the final segment of Fred Janusik Stories. Well, we also have our resident physician, Neil, yeah. who I believe is a, uh, what is what, what do you call it? Uh, he deals with butts and guts. That's right. Yeah. He's a lower half of the body physician. Yeah. There's a name for that, but I've forgotten it. And he has... He's only been around, I think he said, five or ten years collecting pipes. But he sure has a good eye for them. Yeah. Uh, well, we've seen some of the things that he has, and they're just gorgeous. Uh, and he also is into cigars and tobaccos. And he is super inquisitive, always wanting to know, what uh, what can I do now? What's next? Uh, what, what happens if I mix this tobacco with this tobacco? or who's a new and great pipe maker, uh, all, all kinds of uh, curiosity. And, and again, a very nice guy. Then we have uh, Pete, <laughs> Big <laughs> Pete from New York. He, <laughs> well, put it this way. <laughs> I think if all the rest of us put our pipes together, we might have as many pipes as Pete has, <laughs> uh, somewhere over 1,800, I think, at last count, and enough tobacco to match it. And he's also 
kind and sharing and got me into the habit of smoking something other than the one tobacco that I've been smoking for 30 years. And he sent me some other Virginia Flakes made by Astley's that I really liked, didn't even know existed. And now I have gotten into the habit of trying different things now and then. So I thank him for that. And there's Jonathan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe Jonathan in his former life, retired life, was into physics, possibly working with NASA or somebody. Mm-hmm. I think he mentioned once. And he is <laughs> the ultimate inquisitor. <laughs> he wants to analyze everything to the, I think, to how the wood grows inside the bowl of the briar. <laughs> or how it grew in order to make it smoke like that or <laughs> what was the ground temperature of <laughs> the soil that a certain tobacco was grown in to make it taste like that <laughs> whatever, anything he loves to analyze things and I think sometime we get to the point of paralysis by analysis he <laughs> <laughs> can only go so far and and, and then it's too far well, I can't leave can't leave him out. The big dude, big pipe guy, yeah. Rich Esserman. Yeah, he is something else again. As I said, we met at that '82 show, so we will have been friends for 40 years this December. And he knows about as much about pipes as anybody I can even think of. And the reason he's called Big Pipe Guy is because that magnum pipe he saw back in 1982 became his calling card. Mm -hmm. He decided that that's what he wanted, and he went after them. Every time one came up, Rich was on it. (laughs) And he probably owns most of them in existence now. And we kid him that, you know, why, why do you smoke such things? Pipes like ours could be used as tampers in the bowl of his pipes. But he swears that they smoke great, even if you have to use both hands to hold them up to smoke them. But, and not only those, he also has large castellos that are probably almost as big, and even a couple of bonards that are just as big. So he's been writing for the ephemeris and for the... Uh, Columbus Journal for since the mid 1970s. Uh, his uh, writing now for NAP or NASPC. Uh, he has his own byline called News and Views, and if you can get a hold of that and read it, you'll see that he's a lot of fun to to read and listen to. He also does Facebook and podcast, I guess, and uh, oh, I, anything that has to do with pipes, Rich is in it, and and he's good at it. So my congratulations to him on a pipe life well-lived. And that brings us to one of my favorite people in all the world, <laughs> one of the smartest and nicest, and I'm probably going to regret saying that in public, uh, 
because he won't let me forget it, and that's Marty Polders. <laughs> Marty and I have been friends since 1986 when I met him in, at the San Francisco show. He ran a pipe shop in downtown San Francisco called Sherlock's Haven <clears throat> for 20 years or so. And then when he retired, he opened up a website called Pulver's Briars. And boy, if you want to see some really pretty pipes in all price ranges, take a look at that. <laughs> because he's got them every, every, every kind. He's been my <laughs> source of last resort when I'm down. All I have to do is call Marty and talk to him for a half an hour. And everything looks better again. He's just a fun person to, to be around, to be with. And we always get together in Chicago and drink some wine and then go out to dinner at a place that he chooses because he has a way of choosing the very finest restaurants in the area, no matter where you're at. And we generally end up taking a bunch of other pipe people with us. Oh, speaking of other pipe people, there's <laughs> that brings up a thought. There are two pipe makers out there that have gone with us or go with, still go with us. And that's one, both of, uh, one's from Germany, one's from De Denmark. From Germany is Wolfgang Becker and his wife Gita. We've gotten to know them for over the past 20 years. They've come to visit us at our house and everything. Absolutely great people. And then there's Teddy Knudsen from Denmark. I brought him home one weekend with um, Mimo and Teddy. I stayed at my house for a weekend and talk about raucous. <laughs> that was some conversation to have. <laughs> to listen to those two guys go at it. They've been friends for years. And I think that's why Teddy's pipes are maybe always a little better, lighter than some of the other people's. And I think he sneaks in and gets some of the best wood for himself. <laughs> and in my estimation, he may be, uh, I'm prejudiced, of course, because I know him so well, but one of the best pipe makers that ever lived. I've seen him turn out things that I cannot believe. I sent him a drawing once. I laid it out on a piece of paper, sent it to him. It was a long Canadian with a pot bowl and straight grain. And a month or so later, I get the pipe. I put it down on the drawing, and it matches perfectly. Oh, wow. <laughs> And I have a friend who sent him a picture of an old meerschaum that, you know, probably made in the 1850s. And he said, I'm going to have Teddy make me one of these in Briar. And I said, good luck with that. <laughs> and I'll be damned. <laughs> a couple months later, he shows me the pipe, and it's just like the meerschaum in the picture. I, I, I can't believe what that man can do. Uh, I mean, if you've read the magazine, you've probably seen some of the beautiful pipes he's turned out. But I've seen a lot more than than that uh, stuff on the inside that no one, no one else has ever seen. That it, it seems impossible to make. And the big part of it is he does so much of it by hand. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he's an absolute whiz with the sanding, whatever you call it, not a disc, but the 
one of those long things with a sandpaper on it. Yeah. He can he can turn out a pipe on that that other people couldn't turn out on a lathe. He's amazing. And Wolfgang is not far behind. He started in around 2000, 2002. And his first pipes were pretty nice, actually. And now they've gone from pretty nice to world-class. And unfortunately, so have the prices. But Wolfgang and Gita have become dear friends. We keep in touch with them by email and Zoom and, and whatever. And I'm even taking Babel to learn German <laughs> so that I can try speaking to them in their own language. And I have to tell you, at 80 years old, that's quite a feat to try and accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much been my life in pipes. I hope all the people that I've forgotten to mention in my Zoom groups and that will forgive me and write it off to old age. <laughs> and if this turns out to be, I've been told that, oh, wait a minute, I left somebody out of the Zoom group. Our host, Craig, he does know something about pipes. Yeah. And he knows a hell of a lot about big industry, having worked for some of the biggest tobacco companies in the United States. So if we want to know anything that's going on there, we have a source in Brian. And he also has a pretty good eye for pipes, I've noticed, especially one that I just found out about, uh, a Japanese carver named Sato, <laughs> I'd never even heard of. And all of a sudden, Brian pulls out a whole bunch of them, and they are just gorgeous. And I believe he's famous for his finish, which yeah. is something different than other pipe makers do, and Brian would have to explain that, because I can't. <laughs> and I guess some people say Brian's collection is Mickey Mouse, but I don't think they're referring to his pipe collection. I think they're referring to his other collection, <laughs> which is Mickey Mouse, Disney. <laughs> he has a fantastic collection of that, I've heard, too. So between that, those two things, and podcasts, and everything else, I'm not sure when he sleeps. He seems to be a very busy guy. They say he's a, a wizard at taking these podcasts and turning even something that's uh, relatively mild into something interesting. So we're going to test him out with this one. <laughs> it might take all his skills. And if he can't accomplish it, just look at it this way. I've given you a nice soporific for your afternoon nap. <laughs> Curing insomnia. <laughs> yeah. So I'll turn it back to Brian. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to add or tell me he's going to throw this in the garbage, whatever. It's been fun, and I appreciate his letting me take a trip down memory lane and share it with you. You know, it just resonates with me that as you talk about, you know, your 50-plus years in in pipes and pipe smoking and pipe collecting that what really sticks in your memory is the people that you've met that are associated with it. Exactly. Exactly. I've probably smoked over a thousand different pipes 
and I don't remember many of them at all, but I certainly remember some of the great people that I met along the way. And oddly enough, some of them were not only great as pipe collectors, they were really great human beings. They were, some of them were, you know, patrons of the art. They gave money to all kinds of causes because they were relatively wealthy, to be honest. But they were, and they were nice people, just not showy or any of that, just plain, decent, down-to-earth people. Yeah. So it's it's been a fun ride for 50-some years. I hope it goes on for a while. <laughs> no, and, that, and that's the, the fun part of the Saturday Zoom group is that, yeah, it kind of started out as a group of five or six or seven people that were kind of Chicago-based. and. Yeah. And now as it's branched out, I think there's six or seven uh, PhD level educated people, including you, Uh, you know, and then there's, you know, like, like Mike McNeil said, the only, I think the only reason they graduated him from high school was so they didn't have to deal with him anymore. Uh, (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, too, the people that we get, like the guy that owns a shop in Argentina. Yeah. And to to talk to him and hear him tell us how lucky we are to live in this country compared to what's going on in Argentina does make you appreciate things a little more. And the one that really blew me away was the president of the Pipe Club of Lebanon. Yeah. Uh, Fred Hanna had him come on one time and he said you have no idea what life is like over here he said we have three factions fighting for control of the country and that's fighting in the streets and everywhere he said we have electricity about three hours a day if we're lucky we don't know when we're going to have water on or off he said and besides that we have israeli jets going over our rooftops on their forays (laughs) against whoever he says life is not good in lebanon right now so if any of you are planning a vacation there you might want to consider waiting a few years before until they straighten things out before you go over there and again it really makes us appreciate what we've got here yeah no matter how screwed up we are (laughs) yeah and we even have we even have silver gray so we have a lady that shows up Ah, you know wait a minute now I know who I forgot, Brad Pullman. My God, how could I forget him? He just made me two of the most beautiful pipes I've ever, ever owned. Wait, you hounded you hounded him for those pipes? <laughs> I just mentioned it, and he made them for me. I, well, I I mentioned it when I saw him smoking one. I said that's exactly the shape that I love, and I wanted to reach through the screen and grab it out of his hand. And when I said that, he said, I'll make you one. As it turned out, he made two. One as a backup, I guess, in case I didn't like the first one. And he sent them both to me, and I said, I'll take them both. (laughs) They were just too pretty to pass up. He is an absolute expert at making pipes. And Silver Gray is not bad either. The two of them are turning out some real masterpieces in the backwoods of Oregon. Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't know how I could forget that. 
<laughs> no, but it's nice so, that we get, you know, we get the pipe maker point of view. We get the pipe collector. We get the tobacconist, you know, the tobacco manufacturer. Uh, right. Yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a really good balanced group of people, and you've got to have a really thick skin if you want to come into the group. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, the barbs do fly at times. Yeah, and I, I and I've said it before. I like it because when I get there, I'm one of the young guys, and you're the oldest. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have that distinction, unfortunately, which is kind of sad because when I was in high school, I hung around with three other guys all through high school and part of college, and I was always the baby of the group. They were all older than me. So I kind of got used to that, being the youngest of the group, and now I'm the oldest of almost any group I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I used yeah, to walk all... in. I used to walk into pipe shows, and I was everybody's. You know, I was the age of everybody's child or grandchild, and now uh, that's not so happening anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so it's nice just to sit back and hear what what you what you old farts are talking about and we and you know and you mentioned most of the people that are on the zoom on a regular basis and then we get some that come and go and yeah it's just a it it's been a uh, it's been a great group that hasn't gotten too big and unmanageable thankfully right well it's it's tough for me because you know they have name tags on everybody but i can't read any of them and I have to do it one person at a time to fill my 67-inch TV screen so that I can even see them. So when someone's talking, I'm not sure. You know, unless they say their name, right? I'm not sure who's talking. And, and even after a year, I'm still learning some <laughs> of the names. I know most of them now. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Some of the real characters. But some of the guys are a lot quieter more in the background and and those i still have to learn i know i know if somebody says asshole they're either talking about me or hannah (laughs) i kind of would bet on hannah but (laughs) but he uh, he he can handle it Mm -hmm. matter of fact he would love it probably i thank you again ryan for letting me do this and Hopefully you can make something out of it that does some good for somebody somewhere anyway. And there you go. After all these years, what he wanted to spend more time talking about was the people that he's met and the uh, people that he's got to experience through the pipe hobby. So uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. 
Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And in all honesty, this was all recorded. Uh, I recorded with Fred long before the Chicago Pipe Show. So, yeah, a couple months back. And it was such a joy to see Fred at the Chicago Pipe Show. You know, he had some assistance getting around and stuff. But still, with everything that he's gone through, he was, he was not letting anything stop him from getting to the Chicago Pipe Show and he had a table full of goodies and a couple of other guys helping him out and sharing the table with him. And, you know, he was at his table the whole time and wheeling and dealing. And, uh, and then probably went to bed pretty early. But, Fred, it was great to see you there. And good to see you on Zoom on Saturdays, too. So, All right, for music, um, I have no idea where I got this note from. But I got a note and I wrote it down. And it was a suggested song. And I apologize to whoever I, I really should have wrote down who suggested it. Uh, the song is called, it's by Willie Nelson and it's called, I never cared for you. And it was pointed in my direction, probably because of the guitar work. So just sit back and listen to this.
sun is filled with ice and gives no warmth at all. And the sky was never blue. The stars and raindrops searching for a place to fall. And I never cared for you. things I tell you No, you won't believe Your heart has been forewarned All men will lie to you And your mind cannot conceive Now all depends on what I say to you And all you're doubting me So I've prepared these statements Far from true Disbelief. The sun is filled with ice and gives no warmth at all. The sky was never blue. The stars and raindrops searching for a place to fall. And I never cared. write that down and suggested that song thank you let me know who you are <laughs> yeah thank you i spent another hour and a half or so listening to some of willie's stuff trying to find something like that and boy that's beautiful what's this a letter for me and remember if you have a comment or question you can email it to me brian b-r-i-a-n at pipesmagazine.com or you can post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com, just like Dino does every week. And going back to last week's show, Dino says, although Burley isn't really in my tobacco rotation, except for a couple codger blends, I found Jeremy's discussion quite informative and fascinating. The conversation with Mr. Mouton was both lively and delightful with an interesting path to pipe making. Uh, Dr. John is a particular favorite, a good choice for the music this week. Thanks for a thought-provoking fun show, Dino. Uh, Dino, you're welcome as always. And then Casey Ghost says, I absolutely can't stand Burley, so Jeremy's discussion of it was lost on me. I know a lot of people, maybe most people enjoy Burley, not the kid. Now, Brian, you normally are a tremendous interviewer of people and you really bring out the best in your subjects, but using accents is not your strong suit. <laughs> Jay Mouton was a good subject for an interview. He was fairly articulate and represented himself well on your show. If you had been clever, you would have led with the picture of the dog. 
Man, I do love a fine beagle, and I bet that one had a fine voice. Dr. John was okay. Well, we didn't hit it out of the park for Casey Ghost this week. Oh, well. Uh, Brew Fan says, I always enjoy the pipe maker interviews as they turn me on to the work of artists I'm probably not yet aware of. I always find their work on the interwebs after the show to stalk their work a bit. When I checked out Jason's Instagram, I knew this was a commission I had to have. I'm doing my part to keep him off the fishing pond and in the workshop. <laughs> Thank you very much. Glad you glad you liked it enough to put a commission out there. So, And then Honky Tonk Man says, Hi, Brian. Another great show. Really enjoying the interviews with Jeremy. His position at Cornell and Deal is certainly justifiable. He really does know his craft. Nice interview with Jay Mouton. Uh, some great-looking pipes he makes, too. I really felt for him when he was describing polishing the ocean jasper stone and discovering after making the first ring that the whole stone was flawed. Damn, that's bad luck. At least with Briar, if there's a flaw in the wood, it can be blasted. Enjoy the music. Who couldn't? Thanks for the show. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Cliff the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, Cliff, you're welcome. And, uh, you know, sometimes a pipe maker will run into a fatal flaw while working on a pipe. Uh, and then Bryant writes, uh, as always, your latest episode was great. I always enjoy Jeremy talking tobacco. As new as I am to pipe smoking, I'm even newer to aging tobacco. Oak Alley is one of my favorite burly blends, and it's very interesting to hear about its aging characteristics. Like you, the idea of Perique acting as a sourdough starter had my mouth watering. Uh, Jason was also a very interesting guest. I, I was surprised to hear that he was a truck driver for a time. As a truck driver myself, I don't hear that line of work come up often in pipe talks. His work with stone is certainly beautiful and sets him apart from others. His love of fishing also struck a chord with me as it's one of my favorite leisure activities. Your, choice, your music choice with Dr. John was also excellent. I, li I like many Disney movies. I brought my son to see The Frog, The Princess and the Frog, knowing I was looking forward to it more than he was. Dr. John's voice is synonymous with New Orleans music, so thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks for keeping us informed and entertained. Keep up the good work. Best regards, Bryant. Uh, Bryant, you're welcome. And I do know of uh, four or five other truck drivers that are regular listeners. So uh, maybe if all you truck drivers can, uh, I don't know, honk your horns all at the same time, then everybody will know where we are or that you listen to the show. All right. Uh, please, iTunes ratings and reviews, much, much, much appreciated. And uh, I'll keep pushing it a little bit here, but uh, the uh, uh, the Vegas .com website, the website for Las for the Las Vegas International Pipe Show, is updated, and it's the only time that I ever can tell. It's the only time that I've ever known where we are actually putting up the names of the people that are uh, that are signing up for tables as we get them. So right now we've got about uh, 30 names up there, I believe. Those are all people that have paid for tables in advance. They're all booked and ready to be at the show. So you can go shop. Yeah, you can start shopping or planning then. Uh, if you're interested in getting a table, VegasPipeShow.com is the website. As soon as you pay, within a couple of days, we put your name up there on the website too. All right. <laughs> 
uh, rant time is coming up next. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corn Cob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corn cob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. kids here we go again another stupid bonehead government move because the white house and the u.s government have now announced their goal is to remove all nicotine from tobacco products yeah get us to the point where we are nicotine free because then we won't be addicted anymore well let's look back in the history books shall we let's turn back to Prohibition. How did that work out? Yeah, you want to think about that? How did that work out? That just gave rise to certain mafias and mobs and mobsters that were bootleggers in a certain Kennedy clan. Uh, but other than that, it worked out fine, right? Yeah, well, guess what? They're at it again. They want to remove the nicotine from tobacco products or tobacco and of course then of course we'd all just get weaned off of it magically and no one would be addicted now i haven't read deep into this i haven't looked deep into this i haven't tried to figure out how this affects pipe tobacco because i don't think anybody in the government even knows that this would affect pipe tobacco and they're just thinking about cigarettes and the other you know the the other evil tobacco products the big evil ones uh, but they want to remove it. So what does that mean? That as they start to lower it and lower it, that means that cigarette smokers are going to smoke more and more trying to get their fix of nicotine. And they're just going to run up sales, which means more tar into the, into the lungs of these cigarette smokers, which will probably increase their deaths. And at the same time, nicotine is being used to treat COVID-19 patients in some countries. So really, do we want to really just ban all nicotine i mean seriously don't we have things that we could really work on right now you know like wars and poverty and you know stuff like that really we want to spend time working on getting oh the evil nicotine out all right there i said it i'm happy ah might have to have a big bowl of pipe tobacco after that one with nicotine and better go get a cup of coffee with caffeine in it before they outlaw that Anyway, uh, please keep sharing the Pipes Magazine radio show out wherever you are. Share it with all your friends and enemies. We greatly appreciate that. Keep an eye on those JDRF auction items on uh, Steve's Pipe Stud eBay site and uh, VegasPipeShow.com. Go there, check out the website, come to Vegas, hang out with me. All right, and thank you to Fred Janusik for all of his stories. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Happy trails to 